At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. Christmas is gone, and New Year's is gone, and now we got a new year, 2023. And I guarantee you, 2023 is not, for the stock market, is not going to look like 2022. Not going to happen. Uh, both most years are different, but we've had a pretty big sea change of economic statistics and economic moves by the Federal Reserve and, and and even in the market, what works, what's working in the market, what's not. So that sea change is going to go right into 2023, and you just need to be aware of it and make adjustments to it. So that's why we do this show, to help you make aware of those things so you can achieve that financial future you're after. Everybody's after a secure financial future. I know they are. I am. I know you are. It might be tempting to pretend the market today was like last year, but if you do that, you're going to be walking along some very dangerous waters here. The market always changes. Now, this has been a big change from zero, practically zero interest rates a year ago to now for the federal fund rate, 4.25%. It's a huge change in interest rates. So that's going to change the market dynamics throughout the market. Throughout the stocks. I'm Steve Peasel. I'm here today on this radio program and podcast to help you make those kinds of decisions for your portfolio that will maximize your returns. In fact, I look forward to doing this show to help you with those kind of decisions. And therefore, you can call. This is a live show, by the way. We're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. 888-992-4278, isn't that right? That's right. Um, so I've got a lot of material to co- cover. My focus point today, could you simplify your investment portfolio in 2023? Can you make it simpler? You could. Everybody could. Is it a good idea? It's up to you. I mean, this is, well, we're going to talk about that. But you can simplify the whole process if you want to. So... Time permitting, I got a bunch of other stuff to talk about. Intel, do you see what they announced today about those big new chips that got coming out? It's going to make a sea change for them, and it's going to keep them in the lead, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Tesla and Apple, did you see what happened to them? Tesla was down 14% during the day today. Down 14% intraday. Apple's down below $2 trillion in market cap. <laughs> $2 trillion. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Also, um, consumers are eating into their savings. We'll talk about that. And don't ask, do I have a million dollars? Is that enough to retire? That's not the right question you should be asking. That That's not going to help you. 
You don't ask that kind of question. There's other questions before you get to that one. We'll talk about that. And do you see what Charlie Munger said? He said uh, for us to quit being a bunch of pansies. <laughs> for the, you know, we're talking. He's talking about the market participants. <laughs> Buck up. And I'll, we'll go over that a little bit, what, he's, what he means. Remember, he's 90-something years old, so he's going to say whatever he feels like saying. And he does, so that's okay. Okay, um, I see we have some voice bank questions also. Uh, SPGI, that's S&P Global Inc., and ECPG, Encore Capital Group, that we'll be t- playing later on. And I, it is Trivia Tuesday, so I have a trivia question for you. Are you in the middle class income area? Do you make enough money to qualify for the middle class income? We'll talk about that at the halfway point. So we've got a lot of things planned. Uh, each episode always do have a lot of things planned. And, of course, you make it exciting. You're the one who drives the calls. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. What did the market do today? It actually ended up down again, but it came back from from where it was, the Dow was down 11 points, the Nasdaq down 80 points, and the S&P down 15 points, which was far cry from what it was in the middle of the day. So we had a market that was trying to be positive. We've had that before. Market hasn't taken a direction yet. Of course, it's pretty early in the year. You know, there's there's that old saying, as the first day goes, so goes the first week, so goes the first month. So goes the whole year for for uh, the stock market. So the first day, first week, first month, and then it's supposed to, the whole year is supposed to kind of track what that did. That's an old saying. I don't know how true it is, but we'll see. Let's go ahead and take our first uh, voicemail call. I want to have your opinion on uh, adding small and medium cap to the S&P 500. Since the S&P 500 is only large cap, I'm thinking to add some mid cap and small cap. Is it a good idea or S&P 500 is enough to cover the United States stocks? Thank you so much. Well, the S&P 500 is the top 500 or the largest 500 companies basically in the universe traded on our stock exchange. And they will miss a bunch of small caps and mid caps. They will miss some of those. But I don't think you need to have that exposure down there. You don't need to have it. I'd rather see if you're going to change up exposure, change it, change it like a, a value funds versus growth funds. I, I'd rather see you have some value uh, index funds as opposed to growth index funds at this time. But, you know, you don't have to do that either. S&P 500 as an index is 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 a very broad index. Eighty percent of the stocks are represented in there, so I see nothing wrong with just having that if that's where you want to go. That's the route you want to take. <clears throat> so we're heading to a break. I welcome your financial investment questions. You can call right now eight 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 ninety nine chart. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. With total downloads nearing 50 million, 
Each Invest Talk podcast should be one of your key financial planning and educational tools. Invest Talk is a free download, and hosts Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to provide their unbiased guidance and professional analysis developed from real time data research and years of investing experience. 24 7, rain or shine, during smooth sailing or on rough weather days. The Invest Talk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. You set the agenda. Don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99 Chart. It's a new year, but you've got finance and investment questions, so Steve Peasley is here ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, my name is Chris calling in from Phoenix. Great show and I really appreciate your kind of low-key and informative approach. I'm calling you about Encore Capital Group, ticker ECPG. They essentially buy defaulted consumer debt at deep discounts and focus on collecting those debts, debts of which they keep. With the current environment of rapidly rising consumer debt, several years of overpriced home and extremely overpriced auto sales, Fed actions and earnings drops that have triggered and will continue to trigger layoffs. It just seems like almost a no-brainer pick, which is kind of what makes me pause. I'd love for you to take a closer look at Encore Capital and share your thoughts. Thank you, and looking forward to more of your excellent podcasts in the year. Take care. Okay, ECPG, Encore Capital Group, purchases, collects, and manages unsecured consumer credit card receivables. That means they buy, you know, uh, credit card debt that's bad. The credit card company tries to collect, and they can't c- collect. They usually group that up or put it in a put it in a package and sell it all at one time to uh, these kinds of companies, and then they go try to collect the debt. Okay, because whatever they collect, they keep. Okay, so that's the type of company that it is. So, what would be a good environment for them? Well, a good environment for them would be if there's lots of uh, consumer debt out there that's not being paid so they can buy the debt a lot cheaper from the banks, from the credit card companies, and then work to collect it when t- economic times improve. So right now they're going to make, uh, in 2022, the estimate is to make $11.55 a share, which is the largest amount of money they've ever made. Next year, $7.04. It's a $0.49, cents, $49 stock. So it's a fairly low P.E. ratio, but they always have low P.E. ratios. But return equity is very good at 29%. For what they do, they do very well, okay? Um, I'm not interested in this kind of thing because I'm not sure how bad the, uh, the, the economic cycle is going to be yet. You want to buy this at the worst, probably at the worst ec- time of the economic cycle, because that's when the debt would be, you know, there's two arguments here. That's when the, the most default is. Therefore, if the most default means that they can buy their their receivables cheap. On the other hand, people don't have a job. What if they don't pay their, their credit cards back? You know, they file bankruptcy or whatever. So it's a, you know, it's a business that, you know, takes some expertise. And I'm not very comfortable with this kind of business. So I, I wouldn't be a buyer of it. Let's go to Carl on Oceanside. Hi, Carl. Yes. Um, I'm looking for income. And okay. there is an equity income ETF. 
Okay. I'm wondering what is your opinion? Okay, this is the J.P. Morgan, J-E-P-I, J.P. Morgan Equity Premium Income. It's an ETF seeks to track the performance of the S&P, S&P 500 Total Return Index. So the question is, if that's the case, how they get an 11.7% dividend yield, right? I mean, that's the yield, which is very yeah. good. But if they're tracking the S&P 500, their dividend yield of the S&P 500 is nowhere near 11.7%. So they're getting their dividends or they're getting their income to pay dividends from something else than just plain old buying stocks. Okay, so they have to be using options or some other more exotic methods of having income, therefore less reliable methods of having income. And it doesn't say on my... My quick screen here of how they do that. So I can't answer that question, how secure that dividend yield is. For me, I probably wouldn't bother with it because there's too many other companies that, like, you know, big blue chip companies that pay pretty high dividends, not this high, but you know exactly how they earn their dividends, you know, through sales and profits. So that's my worry about this one. Carl, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go to Will in San Diego. Hi, Will. Oh, hi, Steve. Um, I'm taking a look at uh, Google uh-huh. and uh, G-O-O-G-L, and I know there are two ticker symbols. And I, first of all, could you explain why there are two different symbols on this stock? Yeah, the, well, because there are different classes of shares. One's, most of the times when there's different classes of shares, one's a voting class and one's a non-voting class. In other words, you as a member of the uh, owner of the company, you don't get to vote on what goes on in the company. That's generally why there is two. I'm not sure why Google has two myself. I don't remember off the top of my head why they did that. But that's generally what that that's why that happens. Okay. And you you want you well, want what to do you think of the stock? I like Google a lot. I, I like what they do. I like the fact that they're a search engine. I like the fact that people they advertise on the search engine, they charge people and companies for advertising on their search engine. So if you're looking for something, you know, it's not like you're just going to be bombarded with ads that, that uh, you know, that just because you went to some website, you're getting killed with ads. This is more uh, controllable, more stable business model, in my opinion. They're going to make $5.23 next year to $89 stock. So it's not cheap. But for Google, that's a low price. For Google, you know, uh, they're growing sales 6% last quarter, 13 before that, 23 before that, and a lot higher in the years before. So their sales growth is slowing way down. That's what happens when you're a $1.1 trillion company, you know, and you pretty much are, you know, the, the business. Um, I like it. I think it. I think it's a good price for Google. Um, I think they have great return on equity. Uh, and they don't carry much debt. So I like it. I like the model. I like the stock. And I think it's a good price. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks, Will. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, everybody to help you achieve financial freedom. And our goal will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now 888 99 chart. One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. 
Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go to Richard in Valencia. Hi, Richard. Hi, Steve. Happy New Year. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Uh, you know, in terms of getting a little bit of international exposure and in listening to some comments uh, Justin made, he actually, the country that he uh, spoke, uh, I think, most favorably of in terms of international emerging markets was Mexico. So I'd like to ask you, what do you think about uh, the Franklin Mexico ETF symbol FLMX? Well, I didn't have time enough to look to see what they hold, but uh, I would this exchange-traded fund seeking results from the correspondence to the FTSE Mexican capped index. Therefore, I would suggest, remember, Mexico is not that big, right? I mean, from a financial point of view and number of companies that they have, their by far largest by huge amount is their oil industry. So this this ETF will be full of a major a major part of it will be uh, in oils, okay, Mexican oil company most likely, and therefore exposed to commodities which we like, and since they're right next door to us, and there's really you know a lot of negativity about China and Russia and every place else on the other side of the world. Uh, the argument is Mexico is going to benefit from being so close. And I think that's a pretty sound argument. So I wouldn't have any problem owning this ETF. Not, okay. you know, as a, as, a, as a part of your whole portfolio, not your whole portfolio, but as a part of it. Sure. Yes. So right. I, I think, but do you think, yeah, Mexico is the, in terms of merging markets, probably I, one I of think the best, at least of, at this point? Yep. One of the better ones at this point, yes. Right. Unless they do something stupid government-wise, like take over bank accounts or something, you know, which they have right. done in the past, many years ago. They have. Anyways, thanks for the call. That's uh, FLMX, everybody. Let's go to Saeed in Texas. Hi, Saeed. Hi. Uh, hi, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for the call. Thank you. So, yeah, um, I'm calling about my uh, retirement and HSA funds, also my son's 529. Uh, this is back in early 22, taking your advice. <clears throat> I had, a sh you know, shrunk my uh, growth portfolio to about 15% of my overall portfolio. Uh -huh. So I, uh, I, I had cut down, um, had, but, but um, you know, I was, uh, this week I was trying to rebalance my portfolio and, uh, uh, you know, I, I literally, my growth portfolio across all of my uh, funds haven't done that that well. So, no, no. Uh, two questions: Should I, should I, uh, you know, my growth funds literally are down about thirty percent across all of my portfolios. So should I just completely get out of them, or should I just going forward uh, in twenty twenty three at least not invest in them any further and just focus on the value side of the market? What, what? Uh, and uh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. No. Okay. Well, how much did you say that the growth portfolio is of your por of your overall portfolio? Is it? Did you say thirty percent? It's about fifteen percent. Fifteen percent. I would say no. I yeah. would not sell that because growth will come back. 
uh, it's just out of favor, big time. And you know, we we talked about that a couple of years ago that it probably would be out of favor, and therefore you should cut back and concentrate more on the value side. Now, the growth portfolios are down about thirty percent. Value portfolios are down about 12, 15%. So they're down too. Don't think that they perform this way outperformed growth. And we think value going forward for the next few years is probably going to continue to outperform growth. But that doesn't mean you get out of it because we don't know that. We don't know that. We just think that because of the way the market works and the different dynamics going on. So I don't know if I'd get out if I only had 15% in growth. Is it is it ETFs, mutual funds, or individual stocks that you have in growth? Yeah, in my uh, across my retirement, uh, you know, uh, portfolios, these are mostly just uh, mutual, mutual funds. funds and index funds. Yeah, then I'd leave them alone. Uh, I would leave it alone. 15% okay. is not that much, and just concentrate on adding some value funds. That's what I would do. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, let's go to Edgar in San Diego. Hi, Edgar. Hey, Steve. How are you this afternoon? I am good. Thanks for the call. Oh, sure. Thanks for taking it. Uh, Steve, I'm, I'm trying to add uh, some more uh, dividend to start to my portfolio for uh-huh. income. Uh-huh. And I'm debating between AT&T and Verizon. Yes. I was, I was just wondering what's your take on these two well that's a tough call because they're so close so they're the two dominant you know telephone companies AT&T pays 5.9 percent and uh and uh Verizon pays 6.5 I think Verizon is a better run company so I think if I was to choose I'd probably choose Verizon VZ thanks for the call appreciate it Trivia question. According to the Pew Research Center, the American middle class has been shrinking through the last five decades as more families have entered into either upper or lower income brackets. So as we go to break, here's my two-part trivia question, everybody. What do you suppose is the share of the population in the middle class? What percentage? And since which year has the share of middle class Americans been consistently shrinking? I'll supply the answer after the break. 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, Bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. 
Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I gave you a two-part trivia question. One, what do you suppose is the share of the population in the middle class today? And since which, and since which year has the share of the middle class Americans been consistently shrinking? So here's the answer. The latest data is from 2021, and it shows a share of the population in the middle class continues to hover around 50%, 50%, where it has been since 2011. Prior to that year, the middle class Americans had been consistently shrinking since the peak of 61% since 1971. For some 71 to 2021, it shrank from 61% down to 50%. And from 2021 on so far, it's been, uh, uh, so no, it's been 2011, it's been around 50% to today. The Pew Research Center defines the middle class. That'd be interesting, right? What's the middle class? And they have a formula, okay? Uh, they say that two, uh, it is uh, the, those earning between two-thirds and twice the median American household income, which in 2021 was $70,784, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. That means American households earning as little as 47000 to up to 141000 are technically in the middle class. So it's a pretty wide range. About $100,000 range. Okay, so that's, you know, that's a, it's not very pleasant to look at. That's all I can say. Um, generally speaking, anyone who is living paycheck to paycheck but couldn't necessarily stop working t tomorrow and be financially secure for the long term might be considered themselves middle class. So you're earning paycheck to paycheck, you're middle class. So when they say they tax the rich, what do they mean? Do they mean the people making 
$47,000 a year or the $141,000 a year? Because, because technically that group is middle class, not rich. Okay. Interesting, huh? Interesting. Okay. Uh, my focus point concerns, uh, could you simplify your investment portfolio? Could you do that? And the answer is yes. Okay. Everybody likes to buy stocks. We all know we want to buy stocks. We want, we're looking for that next big winner and everything else, but you don't have to do that, especially if you're not knowledgeable and not sure how to manage your portfolio. But there, there are ways to just simplify it. You could just do simply, you can simply do indexing. And that is by index funds, S&P 500, Dow 30, Russell 2000. There's bunches of them that go across a broad swath of indexing. You also could do almost the same thing with exchange-traded funds. You don't have to buy individual stocks. Because if you do buy individual stocks, now you got to make sure you have a good balance of them. Whereas an index or broad-based ETF, they already have that. Okay? You can also buy what we call, um, what we call um, target-dated funds or managed indexed investment funds. These are funds that change the mix of the portfolio from stocks to bonds to other assets, okay, depending on how close you are to the date or how close you are to retirement. And there's funds that do that automatically, by the way. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to do it. You can just buy a fund that will do it for you. So there's three ways that you do not have to manage your individual stocks. And that would simplify your investment strategy. And it will work. They will work. Don't think they won't. They will. Okay? So don't think you have to buy a group of stocks. Now, I happen to think that, personally speaking, I much prefer that myself because, of course, I'm a money manager. And, of course, I'm comfortable doing it for myself. Right? I want to do it. Okay, let's go back to InvestTalk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Kevin calling from La Crescenta, California. First off, happy holidays. I'm calling about a stock. It's SPGI, S&P Global. It was actually recommended by another investor on their uh, talk show. I'm calling because it looks still overvalued to me, and I was trying to get your thoughts on it. They recommend it, but it looks like they recently issued more shares and they also took on more debt to make a purchase. Again, still looks overvalued. So I don't like to short stocks, but a good company to sell credit spreads on. You know, overall, I think it's a good company just running into some headwinds like Justin talks about is that they make money by people indexing and in the future, if the indexing is lower than they might decrease their earnings. I would like to buy it in the future at some point, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on it as a company and what might be a good purchase price in the long term. And then in the short term, is it a good stock to sell credit spreads on? Their credit spreads on. I appreciate your thoughts. Thank you. S&P Global Inc. It's a public, it publishes benchmarks and ratings and analytics for the global capital commodities and commercial markets. So it publishes benchmarks and ratings, makes money that way. They're growing pretty fast, 37% sales growth in the most recent quarter. But you're right, it's overpriced, $109 billion company. 
$109 billion company doing $2 billion, two, almost $3 billion a, qu- a quarter. So that makes it pretty expensive. The P range is uh, 18 to 40 and is sitting at 28 right now. Sales are going to be 11, earnings are going to be $11.05 this year after $13.69 last year, and then $12.57 next year. So, and so $335 stock people, it's expensive. $335, I'm going to make $12. Next year, twelve and a half dollars. You're talking about, you know, in mid twenty PE ratio. That's not cheap, and they borrow a lot of money. They have a lot of debt. Management owns one percent. Mutual funds have been steady owners for the last year, and I wouldn't be a buyer of this. I, I think it's too expensive. It's a good company. Nothing wrong with the company. Just too expensive, and I don't like the cycle. Justin's right about what cycle we're going into and where it won't benefit necessarily this company. Okay, 888-99-CHART. So Intel came out with faster, very super fast new chips that's going to be out in your electronics this year. And probably most of us won't really care much about it, except if you're in the gaming industry and things that computers that need high speed, really super high speed. Uh, Tesla is down 14% in intraday today. Tesla's having a real trouble, a real struggle with its stock price. Been very overpriced for a very long time. So that seems to be shrinking to a more reasonable stock price for Tesla. It's still not cheap. Don't think it's cheap. But it's not nearly as expensive as it used to be. And Apple is down to $2 trillion as a market cap. $2 trillion. It's actually 1.989 trillion, so it's below two trillion. But you know that's bigger than most countries in the world as far as size. But uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't bet against Apple. I kind of like Apple. Also, consumers are eating into their savings, according to J.P. Morgan. Uh, the savings spiked during the pandemic with all that money the government was throwing at everybody. So savings st- spiked like 30 percent that year. Um, but that excess saving used to be as high as 2.1 trillion is now down to 900 billion and shrinking. Okay, so the excess savings accounts is shrinking, and our savings rate is now 2.4 percent, when typically it's seven to nine percent. So consumers are spending a lot more money, and that's of course keeping the economy running, keep it going, doing quite well. So it's an issue that we're going to have to address, and the market's going to have to uh, recognize at some point. Okay, for those who may be new to InvestTalk, let me assure you that I'm always careful to give you my straight and unbiased answers. I don't like to give unfactual, in, in, erroneous information, even though occasionally we do, and we like to be corrected on that if that's so. Remember, we're getting this information from third sources, too. But, you know, if we, we would love to do that. But we hate doing that. We hate giving unbiased. We don't buy people's information. We don't buy people's opinion on stocks. We do buy data. The information we do, that's the information we do buy. But not opinions. We don't have any hidden agendas here. We don't. And it's mostly your questions that drive the direction of the podcast, as you know, if you've been listening any time in length at all. And one thing I can say for sure Today, investor situation is different, and you're going to have to adjust to it. You have to adjust to it. We have much higher inflation. What does that mean? What is that going to do to your stock investments? Does it, how does that eat into your returns? 
So you need to be focused. You need to stay focused. So it would be my goal to help you understand the current environment if you allow me to tell you that. Me and Justin will be happy to do that. I invite you to phone call, give us, ask us questions, or anytime toll-free number is 888-99-CHART. You can call it whenever you want. Here are the directions for reaching Steve this afternoon with your question. Just call 888-99-CHART, C-H-A-R-T. Have a question about how best to get into the market? Or maybe you're feeling unsure about your current investments. That's what this is all about. This is Invest Talk. Hey, Steve and Justin. I had a question on 401ks. My employer offers a 5% match. Pretty sure this upcoming year there is a $20,000 limit. My question is, can I contribute $20,000 and the employer still offers the 5% match? So it would actually be a little over that. Or will I miss out on the match if I contribute $20,000 of my own money? Looking forward to your answer on the show. Thanks, guys. Okay, so I'm not an accountant, and I know they've changed, made some changes to the law going forward, but mostly to the benefit, I think, of the employees. Um, and it, there, I, I do believe there are limits, income limits, that retard how much you can save. But I, if I'm going to give you an answer, the answer is I don't think I don't think it affects the match. I think they will match it no matter what. Okay, but don't take that to the bank. Ask your accountant. That's his. That's a question for him. Uh, not me. I, I'm not the expert in that area. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278, everybody. Um, you know, people ask me, and they ask, constantly ask on other shows and in writing, I have a million dollars. Is that enough to retire on? Or they say, I have X amount of dollars. Is that enough to retire on? That is the improper question. You should not be answering that question first. Because how do we know? How does anybody know with just that information? What's your spending? How much do you spend? What's your bills in retirement? What is the, the question be, should be, how much income do I need to produce in retirement to maintain my lifestyle? That's the question. How much money can I, do I need to produce? How much income do I have to produce in retirement to maintain my lifestyle? So that million dollars, how much money can that money make? Okay, that's the question. How much money can that money make? And will I ever run out? And do you have rental properties? Do you have a mortgage? How much are your bills? How much uh, do you have credit card bills? On and on. There's all those other questions. So don't ask that question if I have a million. Having a million is a great goal, to have a million. That's a great goal. But the question is, is that enough to live in retirement? That, that, that Having a million doesn't answer that question. Okay? So. Ask the better question. How much money do I need to, does my money need to earn me in retirement plus Social Security plus any retirement plans and, of course, my, my money that I have? You know, and if you're going to retire, is that enough to be comfortable on to the rest of your life? Ask that question. Okay, Charlie Munger, do you know who Charlie Munger is? He's, uh, he's Warren Buffett's right-hand man. They're kind of partners and been friends and investment uh, an investment team for years and years and years. He had something to say about investors. We'll get to that. The, the more caller questions we fit in the bed, podcast, the better, I think. So it gives you a better learning experience. So let's play another question from the Talk Voice Bank. 888-99- Hi, Stephen Just. 
Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Dan from Wisconsin. I have a question for you regarding uh, one main holdings. Symbol is OMF. I do not own it. It looks really good to me, and I would uh, like to purchase this. Uh, let me know what you think of the stock and uh, what might be a, a good buy point. Thank you. Bye. Okay, it's a $4 billion company called One Man Holdings. provides personal loans through a network of 1,400 branches in 44 states throughout iLoan on the Internet. Okay, it's an Internet lender. Um, it makes money. It has made money for a number of years. Not 2015 was the last time they lost money, and every year since then they've made money. They're going to make $7.32 for to the 2022 year and then six dollars ninety six cents for two thousand twenty three. Uh, it's a thirty three dollar stock, so it's not expensive. It's not expensive, but the range for the PE is low on this company, two to ten. So um, it's low. They're going to make six dollars ninety six cents next year. So call it seven dollars. So four times seven twenty eight dollars, and it's a thirty three dollar stock. That's that's the low range. Ten times seven is seventy dollars. So it's going to make that – that's where the stock should trade in. Pays 11.5% dividend. Now, that is where I would focus on. How is it paying that dividend? It has a huge amount of debt. Well, bank would have debt because that's how they make money. But that's where I would look at how you're making that much money and what kind of debt. Is it good debt, bad debt, high-rated debt, low-rated debt, what? Okay? On the next Invest Talk story – Higher mortgage rates and consumer worries are hitting home prices. Home prices are falling, especially in the winter. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced, or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Hello, this is Duncan from New York. I just wanted to ask a quick question about what to do when you're planning on investing in more value stocks that have dividends. I was listening to a couple of podcasts ago that I, I just wanted to confirm, is it better to put it in a taxable account or a retirement account? I have both, but with this change in the economic scenery, I just didn't know if I should, you know, I, I want to do both. So can you just clarify the benefits and the disadvantages of a dividend paying stock in a taxable and a non-retirement or sorry, a retirement account? Thank you very much and have a great day. Bye. Well, the great thing about dividends in a non-taxable account is that you don't have to pay taxes on your dividends. So if I get a choice, I would probably go there first. On a taxable account, you're going to have to pay taxes on those dividends. Now, you can manage those taxes by dollar cost, you know, not dollar cost, but by uh, uh, taking uh, capital losses toward the end of the year if you have them in your portfolio to offset any kind of capital gains. There's things you can do tax-wise to try to minimize that. But the choice, if you're given the choice, a simple choice between taxable and non-taxable, I would do non-taxable because there's no taxes. That's pretty simple, okay? If given a choice. If, you know, if not, then, you know, we had to go taxable. Charlie Munger 
he is Warren Buffett's buddy. He's he's in his nineties, and uh, he's been a partner of Warren Buffett's for a long time, uh, as far as picking stocks. So he's a pretty smart fella, billionaire, of course, in his own right. Uh, he owns he owns a particular uh, company that manages money as well. is different than uh, Warren Buffett's Ber- Berkshire Hathaway. And they have, he says, he's telling everybody to stop whining about the stock market. He says he, does, he doesn't understand why anybody's interested in pulling away uh, from the stock market. It's historically proven to be the best place to be. And of course, he's telling it like it is. And I was looking at his fund. The th- three major holdings he has in the money that he manages in his company are Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and Alibaba. I found that interesting. What I found more interesting is 42% of his holdings in Bank of America and 39% is in Wells Fargo. Two bank stocks is where most, almost all his money is in. Don't you find that interesting? I mean, that's, that's way concentrated. You, don't, you and I would, wouldn't take those kind of risks. I wouldn't take that kind of risk. But they are huge, safe banks and and we know for a fact that the government's not going to let them go under because remember in 2008 when when uh, the financial crisis hit they saved all the banks all the big banks were saved except for one so he's pretty safe investing in those banks because they're not going to go anywhere even if they make big huge mistakes in their investments so i thought that was interesting so he says buck off everybody buck up <laughs> okay Okay, let's squeeze in one more question before the break. This came in earlier from 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. Just had a question for you regarding Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, ticker symbol is CM. I'd like to know if you think it's a good stock. I'd like to purchase it, but I'd like to get your opinion. Thank you very much. Bye. $40 stock uh, out of Toronto, global financial company, $36 billion in size, pretty darn large, makes $5.00. And we'll make $5.02 this year and estimated to make $5.13 next year. So that tells you at a $40 stock, it's an eight or so PE. Um, and that's right in the middle of its range, by the way, 410. So it pays a really nice dividend, 6.2%, and sales are growing. I would, I would consider buying this stock because of the dividend. That's pretty healthy. Interest rates are rising. We know that, even in Canada. Um, uh, I, I would say that they, banks make more money when interest, interest rates rise, everybody. So uh, I don't. I think that it would be a, a perfectly acceptable be, to be part of your portfolio. So, yeah, I, I would consider this one. I would. CM, Canadian Imperial Bank of Canada, everybody. Okay. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and we appreciate you listening. We really appreciate all the downloads. We're at like a 48.5 million or so. Thank you very much. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, and we promise to, if you give us a, a, a rating, we will promise to get to a question, any question you have right away. Independent thinking, share success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, 
It's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1 800 557 5461. Steve Peasley is president, and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24 hour listener line at 888 99 Chart. 